Okay, everyone, welcome to ZST, Zoom Sports Talks, the zestiest sports podcast out there with the hottest takes. Uh, my name's Carter, and I'm joined by uh, Frankie and Jake. What's up, guys? It's May 15th, and this is the first podcast of ZST. We're all really excited, and we're also very excited to have you guys listen to this. So, yeah, uh, my name's Jake, and on this podcast, we're just going to be talking about sports and a little bit of anything we want to. So, uh, today, we'll be going over things such as what we, what sport we think is the most difficult to play, uh, recent news in the NBA, and just a couple more things that we saw on the internet that we thought were entertaining. But let's start with that NBA discussion. Uh, uh, Adam Silver this week announced that a decision will be coming within two to four weeks of the fate of the 2019-2020 NBA season. What do you guys think is going to happen with that? What, I'm just curious on your opinions. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, it's going to be a difficult decision, especially because uh, things have been developing very rapidly, as they, I assume, will continue to um, in the next couple of weeks. So, um, I mean, I based on the fact that they have a two-to-four-week plan, I assume they're going to try and resume the season and they're going to be trying to figure it out in the next two to four weeks. I mean, I know the players have held a multitude of conference calls um, and they want to – they really do want to start back up. So, I think the league is going to try and make that happen, however that may be. Yeah. I mean, I saw that the Lakers practice facility is getting open. That's the first team uh, that's opening the practice facility. So, I think that's that's a step – towards the NBA season resuming, but I mean, the, the, I mean, the big overarching question is, is it worth it? Is it worth the risk? Is it going to be safe? And how how are they going to execute the season if they resume it um, with fans, without fans? I personally do not believe that they will end up being able to resume, but I would love to see them resume, you know, miss sports. But I think a good notion of it is that LeBron was one of those people in that Zoom calls the other day talking about what they could do to restart the season. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, hey, the Lakers the Lakers facilities opened up. So it sounds like they're heading in the right direction, but they have such little margin for error when it comes to something like this that it is going to be very tough. But it'd yeah, be awesome. Yeah. So my next question would be, though, if the season is over, who are you guys handing out your awards to this year? Frankie, I'll let you start off, start off on this All one. right, I'm going to start it off. I have a hunch there's going to be some disagreements with this one, but MVP, Giannis. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got to go Giannis on this one. I, I see them shaking their heads, but Giannis, he averages 30 points per game, 13.7 um, <clears throat> rebounds per game, and 5.8 assists. I mean, compared to bronze, 25, 8, and 10, I mean, that's – I think I just put Giannis on like a one more step above Braun. I think Giannis has a little less help than LeBron had this year, and I think that kind of puts him over the top, and that's my pick for the MVP. See, but I don't think it should matter how much help the guy has. I think just – I think when you just kind of look at Giannis versus LeBron, you know, Giannis doesn't – when you're comparing the two, I'm not giving away my MVP pick, but when you're comparing the two, you got to look at what LeBron brings to the table versus what Giannis brings to the table, but uh, – Let's uh, let's hear the rest of your pick. Er, Carter, let's go to you with your MVP pick. Um, I mean, in typical Carter fashion, I think I'm going to go with Braun for MVP. Um, I mean, just watching the games this season, the, the games that, you know, he's playing a position he's never played before. Um, and you can tell that all his contribution is much more than his stat line. I feel like just having him on the floor, um, he's been part of many clutch moments this year. Uh, 
I mean, I think someone like Giannis, Giannis can single-handedly will his team to a win, I think. Um, but, I mean, also, like, I mean, Giannis, got, they, they have a good team. They have a good coach, good system, and they've been good for a while. And I think, um, I mean, at this point, it's basically just, just Braun and AD. And, um, you know, Kuzma's not great. So, while I think a huge part of Braun's success this year has been because of AD, um, I think – this guy's doing it at 35, and I'm not saying we should reward him for doing that, but I think um, if I could have any guy on my team to go into the playoffs, I think I'd want Braun to be that guy. I, I couldn't agree more, and that will bring me to my MVP pick, and I'm also going to go with LeBron because I, just, I remember – I cannot remember the specific dates, but I remember him facing up against Gian, Giannis and Kawhi, like back-to-back games or something like that, and just absolutely dominating both of those games against them. I just – you look at all the highlights you were seeing, and, you know, ESPN rides LeBron, you know, SportsCenter rides LeBron, and that'll be a topic to talk about later. But you just – when you think about it, it's just – you think when you think highlights, you think LeBron. You know, Giannis, Giannis makes those plays. He has those – you know, he has crazy dunks and stuff. But LeBron was passing the ball so well this year, and he, was, he led that team. He completely flipped – you know, not without the help of AD, of course, but completely flipped the team from the 18-19 Lakers to the 19-20 Lakers. LeBron's playing in it, you. It, it looks like he's still playing in his prime. You know, that's yeah. that's the only way I could put it. I would have to have given it to him this year. Maybe a little biased, maybe a little unbiased. I'm not too sure, but I, I would uh, agree. Yeah, would agree. Fra- Frankie, you're you're gonna stick with Giannis though. I think it's. A, I mean, I would. I honestly respect that decision, and I think that Giannis is a suggestion. I, mean, yeah. I just look at. I mean, I know you said you don't necessarily agree with like who he, he has help and who surround him. And I know Giannis is Chris Middleton, which is a great right-hand guy, all-star. But, I mean, Braun's working with AD, who's arguably top five in the NBA. I mean, he's got Rondo, experienced point guard, great passer, Avery Bradley, Kuzma. Yeah, Kuzma's been a little bit of a disappointment this year. But I just look at how Giannis has just completely turned around this franchise in Milwaukee. And I think I – think this is just another step in his legacy. And, you know, I know I, I would have been very curious to see how the end of the season played out and if they would have secured the one seed and how far they would have gone. I mean, yeah, they, they do the MVP after playoffs, so I think yeah, had an had a bit of an influence. But, um, yes, I mean, I would have loved to see a Lakers-Bucks finals, and I think yeah, that would have been a great final series. Come on top, that, that shows your shows MVP, so. I think um, – but- yeah, go I was just going to say, I think the Lakers would have won that one if the Lakers were playing the Bucks in the finals. I think the Lakers just have too many weapons. Yeah, I mean, I also don't know if Giannis has that, like, final experience, so he doesn't. So Yeah, and, you know, Giannis is a great young player. You can't deny that. I think he'll win many MVPs in his however long his career will prolong, but we'll see. But back to young guys. Speaking of young guys, let's talk about who your rookie of the year picks would have went. Too, yeah. and we'll go back to you, Frankie, for that. Thank God. Ja! <laughs> Thank God. Thank ja! God. I mean, I've heard discussions here and there, Zion, and yeah, he's Zion Williamson, he's done great in the time he's been there, but that's the thing, he hasn't been there. He hasn't been there for long enough. I haven't seen enough of him to believe that he is the rookie of the year. Um, and I just, John Morant's just done too much this year. I mean, he's put him, he's put him in a spot where I think that I mean he just put him in a spot where it looks really good going forward for that franchise, and I think he has all the traits 
that um, an NBA star requires. And I think it's going to be pretty unanimous that he wins, in my opinion. Unanimous? Yeah. Jake Carter, you also got John Carter or you got someone else? Um, I mean, look, I'm, I'm going to Duke next year. I love Zion. I love Zion on the Pelicans. But that said, I think – you're on something if you're not going with Jaw for this. I only played like. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, if Jaw if Jaw landed that dunk over Kevin Love, I would say it's unanimous. But I don't know. If <laughs> I might have handed him the an MVP vote if he threw that down over Kevin Love. If that went in, oh my disrespectful. My so disrespectful. Jaw was just. Yeah, you got Jaw. Yeah. Yeah, Jaw was one of the most exciting people to watch in the NBA this year. Definitely the most exciting rookie. I think if Zion even plays a full season, I'm going to go ahead and say, this might be a little bit of a hot take. I'm going to go ahead and, say, ahead and say, even if Zion plays that whole year, that Jaw might still win that rookie of the year over him. Yeah, you know, I mean, Zion's great. Zion's going to be great for a long time to come. But I also think that Jaw will be phenomenal for years to come as well. He's yeah, just yeah. in New Orleans. But uh, I think Jaw will be – he's definitely getting my rookie of the year vote. Um, he also turned a, a team around, like yeah. playoffs, and like him and uh, Brandon Clark. Um, those are those are good players. So yeah, I mean, I would one hundred percent agree. Um, with that said, though, um, I mean, obviously, next award, six man. Who you guys got, six man? Any? I'm struggling. Yeah, Frankie. I'm struggling. I'm struggling on who to decide. I got. My two votes here are between Dennis Schroeder and Montrez Harrell. And I know I know Derrick Rose. Like, everyone loves Derrick Rose. He's put up phenomenal numbers coming off the bench in Detroit this year. But, I mean, Dennis Schroeder and how much he's helped that organization. Um, I think I got to go Dennis Schroeder, 19-4-4. Four four. I, I mean, he's just been a surprise this year and a phenomenal surprise. And um, – yeah, that's why he has my vote for sixth man of the year. Shocker, I know not Lou Will this year, but he can sit this one out. I'll bet he'll get it next year. Jake, what you got? I'm also going with Schroeder. He he put up phenomenal numbers from the sixth man position this year. Uh, you know, like you said, D Rose would have been a great story to see, you know. Oh yeah, awesome. He's playing that six man role. He's doing phenomenal. You know, everyone wants to be happy for Derek Rose, you know. He was an MVP at one time and everyone likes to see him succeed, but I just, when you look at the numbers, I'm going to just, I think Schroeder edges him out a little bit. And like you said, he just, he was a very big piece of that organization's uh, success that they had this year. So I'm going to go ahead and give Schroeder. How about you, uh, Carter? Um, I mean, OKC was not even supposed to be a playoff team and him and CP3 are a big reason why. Um, I mean, Montrezl Harrell, Lou Will, Derek Rose. I mean, Montrezl Harrell and Lou Will specifically, the only reason I don't want to give it to a guy on the Clippers is because there's two of them. So I don't know if there's like a definite six man. I think they're, both those guys are great players, um, but I mean, I am also gonna have to go with Schroeder. I mean, like the one-two punch of him and CP, I think is like, I mean, they've been great. I I don't think the Thunder have a great young team. They got a lot of picks too, so I mean, the look out for them in years to come. Yeah, so I mean, I'm excited to see what Schroeder can do. Um, I mean, CP3 is getting up there in age, so I mean, Schroeder's he's always there. Um, but I think, I mean, we kind of had a consensus on that one. What about coach of the year? I don't know what you guys are thinking for coach of the year. Coach of the year so far. So, Jake, who you got coach of the year right now? I'm going to go with the hometown Lakers coach, Frank Vogel. I'm going to give it to him. They turned around 
you know, Luke Walton left to him a little bit of a shit show per se uh, to deal with. And they were just dominating this year. And, you know, like we were talking about earlier, a lot of it has to do with the, uh, the help of AD being there. But, you know, when you got two guys like that, and I think he coached well. So I'm going to go ahead and give it to – I'm going to go ahead and give it to Vogel. Frankie, what about you? Um, I feel like I don't think this is necessarily a hot take, but considering the Raptors won last year, I'm still I'm still gonna go Nick Nurse. I mean, I think what he's done with this organization this year is 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 crazy. I mean, he loses Star, his he loses him to the Clippers. Um, and he and I mean. I don't they, they haven't even really taken a step back. Um second in the East, I mean, um behind Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry, I mean what he's done, he's developing his players, Fred Van Vliet. I mean, I, I gotta go Nick Nurse. And I know I know how do you give a coach to the of the year to someone in second after they won the title last year, but I'm still gonna go Nick Nurse. Yeah. I mean That's I a phenomenal pick, I'd say. I also went Nick Nurse. I think you know, I know I don't consider a hot take at all. I mean, looking at the teams up there um, toward the top of the standings, I think the Raptors really stuck out to me because um, you know, people didn't even know if they'd make the playoffs because, like, um, they were certainly counted out. They didn't know if Kawhi just made uh, like guys like Van Vliet, um, Norman Powell, OG Ananobi, um, uh, Siakam look better. You know, I don't think Mark Gasol's been great this, this year. Um, but I think guys like like OG Ananobi and like Norman Powell, yeah, he's developing all those guys. Fred Van Vliet, as you said. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't think that's necessarily a hot take at all. I think that you look at the best coach based with what he's got. I mean, I think he's he's done a great job. And like, we didn't really expect much of Nick Nurse last year, and I don't know what people thought they were going to get out of him this year. But I mean, if the playoffs were to happen, I mean, they're obviously they're obviously there, and they got a deep roster. I don't I don't see how many teams are taking them. Um, seven games. So, yeah, like I said, they were definitely counted out at the start of the year after Kawhi said, "You know what, adios, I'm gonna go play on the West Coast." But hey, they proved that they could still hey, head out. They had a great. Yeah, I'm gonna head out. They still had an amazing season. So, and then last but not least, your guys' defensive player of the year picks. Who'd you guys go with, Carter? You wanna you wanna take this one first? Yeah, I want they. I want they do. I mean, it's kind of an easy pick, but you know that guy. Um, I mean, I could pull up the numbers. But I don't think it's necessary. I don't want to give it to Rudy Gobert because I don't like the guy anymore because he took out the league. But, I mean, Ooh. I think Rudy Gobert is also a great player. I think Giannis also is a great defensive player of the year candidate. But, um, you know, AD has been a force against whoever it is that they come up against. So, I think AD is probably my defensive player of the year. Who'd you go with, Frankie? I'd go AD or Giannis, too. I'm probably leaning towards AD. Everything Carter said was spot on. So, I'm the only one here. I went with Giannis, actually. Um, I think AD and Giannis, you get, if, it's, if you can give two awards out to two defensive guys, you're going to give them to both of them. They were both phenomenal this year, but I couldn't leave, a, I couldn't leave Giannis empty-handed after handing LeBron the MVP. So, I went yeah. ahead and gave Giannis my defensive player of the year vote. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean – as Flight would say, like, none of that Rudy Gobert st- stuff, you know? None of that. Yeah. They deserve, deserve it. <laughs> Touching the mics. Oh, my God. So, yeah. But, um, you know, when it comes to the uh, season resuming, we are obviously hoping for it to be back. But 
players' health is very important and another sport that is very big on players' health and everything and made headlines this week is the MLB and they proposed their plan to the players' organization, the players' association, uh, how they could start the season. They would have to take a big pay cut this year and, you know, players want to play, but the players' union is a little bit split. There's a lot of guys who don't want to risk their health and take a pay cut. And I, I want to ask you guys, if you were in that situation, if you're a Major League Baseball player and you have to take a 50% pay cut and you also are risking your health, would you want would you want that just to be exploited almost for entertainment for everybody? You know, there's guys who play for the love of the game, but there's also guys who are playing to make a living. So well, I, I'm curious on what your guys' opinions would be up with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's a, it's a situational Carter, thing. Yeah, I can, I'll yeah I'll take it for some. I think it's a very situational thing. Um, exactly what we said. Margin of error is small. Um, with the NBA stuff, so um, you know I'm not entirely positive what I think they should do. Um, you know the same kind of talk as with like the Prem, and I know they are planning on resuming that in June. Um, you know I was looking so, through some quotes. I think Watford striker Troy Deeney said it best. Um, mm-hmm. like. I mean, you have the freedom to obviously play, but like, um, like you're you're basically forced to like stay with the team. Um, yeah, it was a quote about like him going to like uh like the grocery store. It's like at least I have the the choice to do that now. Like he like he wouldn't have it um, because you're like on lockdown all the time, um, and it kind of is just for the sake of entertainment, which I don't really like that. But um, I do understand that, especially in these times, guys got to make a living. So, I mean, I think that's why the players union, players union is split because you've got guys who are experienced players um, that already have made a living and they just want to stay safe and keep their families safe. And other guys kind of got to make a living. And, like, this is, like, these are years that they can't get back of, like, their playing careers. So, I, I mean, I, I understand why, it was, why it's split. So, Frankie, you go. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of wishy-washy. Um I saw Blake Snell, who's a pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays, come out yesterday, and he was under a lot of scrutiny. He said, "I won't pay for, uh, I won't play for half of my salary." And I'm in. I, I was watching on the clock in ESPN show, and they were just lighting him up. They said he was disrespectful. They said he was like a disgrace to the sport, and I was kind of shocked. I mean, I'm. I would think that a lot of players would be in the same boat as him, and. Um, Maybe his statements came out uh, came off a little too harsh, but I mean, I don't know. It's it's really hard. I don't think I'm well, like qualified to give like a super in depth opinion on this because it's hard. Like, there's safety, then you go to safety of the fans, then you have location. I mean, just not even like including the salary. There's just so many other. Uh, Things you have to discuss when it comes to starting up the MLB season again. Yeah, Snell definitely came off aggressive with it. But, hey, I mean, sometimes that's the only way to get your point across. And it was funny because it was uh, yeah. via live stream him playing, I think it was Call of Duty, I don't recall, which yeah. is more entertaining. But more stars are now starting to come out and say things. Uh, Bryce Harper agreed with Snell's comments. And that is, as some people might say, the face of baseball. Uh, and he is also saying, I mean, I think he said something along the lines of, I think people are kind of scared. Players are scared to voice their opinions on the matter because they do want to play, but they also do have to remember what they're playing for. And, uh, an ex MLB player, Mark Teixeira was said the complete opposite of what Snell said. And he said, I would rather make pennies on the dollar and give hope to people and play baseball, than not make anything and lose an entire year of their career. 
And Alex Wood, a pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers, still pitching, goes, I refuse to judge someone I don't really know off of one comment, but damn, this team is just so stupid. LOL. So there is definitely a little bit of fire in the players' union right or the mm-hmm. players' union right now. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Me being an MLB guy, I would love to see the season back as soon as possible. It would be horrible to see Mookie yeah. Betts slip out of the Dodgers' hand for a whole year and then have, see him sign with somebody else. But hey, that'd be just Dodgers' fashion. So it'd be nice to see sports back. Interesting to see with everything going on. But let's move into our next topic of the best 11 of the Premier League, which was released by the BBC recently. What are you guys' opinions on that? Uh, automatically, we all know what jumps out right away. Bruno Fernandes only playing five games for United. Being included in the team of the season? I mean, as a United supporter myself, I still I have to disagree. Like, I know he changed the culture of the team. I mean... They're, they're, um, when the season stopped, they were looking a lot better. And, I mean, he's made a world of difference. But I still think you can't give it to a guy who's played three, uh, five games. excuse me. So, I mean, it just, it just jumps right off the page that they would pick Bruno after only playing five games for United in the Premier League. But I'm having, I'm having a little difficulty finding who would be his replacement. Um but yeah, yeah. I have, I have a replacement for Bruno Fernandez, um, and I also have a replacement for it was a striker Aguero. Did they put Aguero up top? Aguero, they had Aguero. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Salah, Aguero, and Mane. See, my my team of the season that I had um, was um, the the back line is the same with Allison and goal. I have the same back four. I think those guys were all great. Yes. Um, I have. Uh, De Bruyne and Henderson, still those guys both in. Um, you kept that, I, see when I I'm not sorry to interrupt, but I'm not huge. I'm not I don't follow soccer too too close. But when I was talking to my friend who does follow soccer very close, he was he had a little trouble with Henderson. He was he was a little skeptical about Henderson being in there, and you know he had a, he had a great year, and you know Liverpool did it amazing this year. But he he, saw, he found it a little interesting that Henderson cracked that top eleven, but couldn't really think of a replacement either. So. Continue yeah. with your uh, continue I mean, with your eleven. A lot of guys who I wanted to put in there, like like Riyad Mahrez, um, and like Raheem Sterling, guys I wanted to put in the midfield, like classify as like forwards per se. Mm. So I couldn't. Yeah. Um, I ended up putting Kovacic in there from Chelsea. I mean, I am a Chelsea supporter, but um, I mean, I think both him and Jorginho or like Conte. I don't think Conte had the best year, but um, I think that like I mean, both the guys I just mentioned like top five of midfielders and like passes made. Um, so, I mean, I know it's difficult, but I think there's the team's fourth place in league. There's no Chelsea guys on there. So I was like, you know, why not throw, it, throw them on there? Um, and then up top, I actually went with Vardy instead of Aguero because Vardy is the leading goal scorer. And, yeah. and right. Lester's third in the Prem. So I said, why not? Why not give it to him? I think he's – and Lester's had a good year, so – I think that kind of speaks. Yeah, I I don't know why Vardy wasn't in there. Um, I thought that was kind of ridiculous. And but I mean Raheem Sterling, come on, he was in Juan Basaka's pocket in both the derbies. And okay, I'm I'm biased. I'm biased. Marcus Rashford, before he got injured, he was second in the Prem in scoring. He has 14 goals after sitting out a month. I mean, yeah, but I, come I, on I, now. I 
I think I think Rashford actually had a really good year, but I don't put him over Mane, Salah, or or Vardy for that matter. So, I mean, unless you want to throw him in the That's mid of Kovacic, but I mean, like, it's kind of funny because all these like I had like going through the stats, I had to look at like key passes and like um, like it, it's hard because a lot of these key pass guys are still like forwards. So um, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of these teams run four three three formations, so it's kind of hard to find like good midfielders that are making yeah. all these plays. So. Um, yeah, but next thing, I think the the big um, if we've moved on from this, I think the big story um, with the the ESPN top 100 players of all time, the top 10. Um, I mean, we all see like we all can see what it was. And you guys have a different order of anything as to how yours might go. I just I'm gonna pull a quick Stephen A. and I'm gonna tell I think ESPN might have been on the weed a little bit. I don't I don't know what was going on there. I just I when I I was following along all week and I was like, all right, whatever. This is you know towards the bottom. Okay, whatever. I don't really care. I'm just interested to see the top ten and if they put Jordan or LeBron at number one. And looking at it and seeing that they did put Jordan at number one, seeing how hard for the past. I don't even know how many years it has been now. How hard they ride LeBron was so shocking to see them put him at two. And then it's like they almost asked for the stamp of approval from their audience. In their Instagram post that they posted it on, they asked, comment if they were like, we were had trouble at comment yeah. LeBron yeah. Or, or Jordan should have been one. Like, I was like, really? Like, you guys don't even trust your opinion that much? It's just, oh, it blew my mind to see that. And Okay, I really need to do a little more research on Magic Johnson's career numbers, but seeing Shaq not in the top at least six kind of blew my mind a little bit because Shaq was just watching Shaq and Kobe together was it, those highlights are yeah yeah I mean um, I had a couple couple changes I mean I guess we could talk about um, the top two. Top two first, so. Let's, let's, now let's talk about the let's talk about the other changes first, and then we'll yeah, go yeah, to yeah. that. We'll go to that LeBron Jordan debate for a little after. Um, um Frankie, go ahead. Yeah. No. Uh, you go go first. Go go first. Sorry. Um. So I mean, I'll just go down my list before one and two. Um. So I had Kareem at three. I think that was the same. Um. I actually had Wilt at four. Um. And interesting yeah i mean i think will i mean like just the era different era um this is where i started having trouble um just from what i know and like what i've seen i put kobe at five i don't know if he's that good i i but i think just like what kobe's done for the game i think makes him a top five player of all time um after that uh bill russell at six then Shaq, um and then tim duncan Oh, then Magic, then Magic, and then Tim Duncan. And then at 10, this is, like, the very surprising one that I kind of just, like, I feel like he is a top 10 player of all time is Kevin Durant. I feel like he's extremely, extremely talented. And Interesting. I, know, I know he went to the Warriors, but, like, uh, what this guy's done, I think is he's – if you put this guy back in, like, MJ's era um, – Oh, my God. They, they oh, him out of my the God. You know, I I don't know if I'd consider him a top ten of all time yet, but I'd say by the end of his career, KD will definitely be in those ranks. But 
Oh, that is a scary thought to think. We've never seen a guy. You, there's never been a guy in the NBA who is done with Kevin Durant, who's able to shoot out like how he can shoot for how big he is and all that. It's it's basically honest with the jump shot. I mean, it's it's insane to think what Katie's been able to do in his career so far, and I think he will crack the top ten, maybe even top five of all time by the time he's done playing. You know, people are gonna call him a snake or whatever, but he is a phenomenal basketball player, and he will definitely be in that list by the time. Hey, he's over. Um. All I have to say is I think it's time to get into the top two. A big discussion. One of the greatest debates of all time. LeBron or MJ? Carter, give me that opinion. I think I know what you're going to say. but Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, I've been a big, a big fan of this Last Dance documentary. Um, I'm watching it every single Sunday. Um, and if anything, it makes this decision a lot more difficult for me because – you know, I've never seen Michael Jordan play except like that. And like the mentality that he, he brought was, was something different. Um, I think there, there are two, there's one thing that if it would not have happened, um, or two things that I probably would consider, I, I'm going to say LeBron, but I think that two things, if Jordan never retired the first time, um, and didn't go to baseball, and he won, like, a, a ring or two, and just went, like, 8-0, 100%. And if LeBron did not come back from down 3-1 in that series I, and against the Warriors, I also don't think I would have. Yeah. But, I mean, yep. I, 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 yeah, I, I mean, I sent the graphic to you guys, but, I mean, LeBron in his finals losses, the three times he – or um, his last three finals losses – they're almost 35 points a game, 12 rebounds, almost 10 assists on 51% field goal. But Jordan's last three finals wins, 31 points a game, five rebounds, four assists um, on 45% field goal. You know, those are both really impressive stat lines. But um, you know, everybody just dumps on LeBron for losing in the finals. But, like, what more can this guy do to, to win against some of these teams? Yeah. I know some of them. I know some of these, some of these finals he's, like, I mean, it's against the Mavericks. Um, maybe the Spurs you could have. Yeah. But that was a good Mavs team, though. Yeah, I know. It, yeah. And then, I mean, like, the, the first time LeBron went to the finals and, like, also the last time um, with the Cavs, I didn't really expect him to win. That was kind of a trashy team. But um, I'd love to hear what you guys have to say because I know at least one of you guys probably going to say Jordan. I mean, first. Uh, to add to Carter's point, um, Bronze second best player in the 2015 finals was Matthew Deladova. Like, come on, like Kyrie injured, K, K Love injured. But, but, disagree. MJ the GOAT. And I have one date for you. I have one date for you. 420, 1986. Do you know what happened that day? MJ dropped 63 against the Celtics. Yes. Best playoff stat of all time against. May I remind you that Celtics team, many argue top three NBA team all time, Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, Bob Cousy, Robert Parrish, Bill Walton. A lot of people would argue that it's a top three, top five team of all time. MJ dropped 63. And I know I know some may say, oh, um, for MJ titles, he had Scottie Pippen, he had Dennis Rodman, he had Steve Kerr's help, yeah, a strong bench player. But... I mean, for first half of his career, he had no one. He had Charles Oakley and Paxton. That was it. And, I mean, 
I, I just got to go MJ. I look at his stats. He averages, even in his late years against the Wizards, his his career average still comes out to 30 points per game. I mean, come on. MJ. MJ got carried through his damn playoffs once he got help from Pippen oh Rodman. I'm just telling you. Oh, my. Oh, my. Let me, just, let me just read a little stat I found. MJ without Pippen in the playoffs. Okay, okay. Is one, it, he is one, he, hold on, let me count these games. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11. He is one in 11 in the playoffs without Pippen. One in 11. And you're going to tell this fool, LeBron was playing with Del Vidal. Okay. Who? Who in the hell? I don't I Hey, MJ wasn't playing with anyone early on. He was playing with Charles Oakley. That was his second best player. And, and Oakley wasn't terrible. That's true. That's true. But LeBron did have Kyrie and Kevin Love throughout that whole year, except during the playoffs. I understand. No, I understand that point. Yeah, um, see, I but I mean, when it, when it comes to looking at the greatest of all time, I don't not. I I just do not think re- LeBron could have zero rings right now and just still put up the numbers that he has put up through his whole life. And yeah. I still would probably consider him the greatest basketball player of all time and the greatest athlete of all time. LeBron is a specimen. I just he's something else. I would he's he's getting it no matter what. I don't care if he has zero rings. I don't care if he's zero and eight in the playoffs. I do not care. He also when you're talking about supporting cast and stuff, if you get it, I cannot imagine MJ's team coming back down three one against that Golden State team. That Golden State team is one of the best basketball teams of all time. Yeah. That was that was absurd to be down three one and just say eh yeah why not let's go turn yeah. it into another gear uh, okay. off. Yeah, I have one thing to say. You're, you're saying MJ he had that supporting cast. He had Pippen, he had Rodman, but two out of LeBron's rings, D. Wade, Chris Bosh, Ray Allen from downtown. I don't know. There's a lot of things to look at there. I know, I know a lot of um, big negative points on MJ's. Oh, yeah, he had Pippen, who's our, like top 20 player of all time. He had Rodman, greatest rebounder of all time, I think. Um, but, I mean, LeBron's got D-Wade, who's the first ballot all ha- a Hall of Famer. He's got Chris Bosh, who is top five, top ten rebounder of all time. And then he's got The Shot by Ray Allen. And I know, I know, I know one shot doesn't define LeBron's um, final career. LeBron was the best player in that series. I know that. But, I mean... There's like a lot of, I mean, I know you could argue that for MJ too. I mean, his shot against the Cavs, but there are a lot of small moments and there are a lot of also key figures in LeBron's finals runs too. Yeah. I mean, I, Kyrie I, I, shot too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree with, I, I, I could see that point. Um, I mean, just like looking at, at LeBron and like um, teams that he's, he's played in the playoffs. I mean, I think that, one thing you do have to give to LeBron is that MJ was playing, in my opinion, under the greatest coach ever. And yes. I think that definitely helped yeah. a lot. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that. Yeah. And like, I mean, I think but you're saying? Yeah. I think that's something that nobody, well, it's something that nobody talks about because Phil Jackson, he did it with the Lakers. So he, you know he's a great coach. But, um, you know, it's a great point. Yeah, LeBron's doing this with Ty Lue, who I don't think is a great coach. Eric Spolstra, who's not really done anything aside from I – mean, like, Pat Riley's there, obviously, but um, – Yeah. I mean, look. So, you're saying – Yeah, go ahead. go ahead. You're saying Ty Lue is not the best coach ever? Come on. Yeah, I don't – I actually don't think Ty Lue's 
I mean, like, Craig Vogel, I don't think, is a, a good coach at all in that match. I mean, like, LeBron's making guys who didn't even have a job the year before look like they're, like, a great coach. So He's making a dude look like he yeah. should ball out at the YMCA, um, look like an all-star. So, I mean. Yeah. I mean, I was just going to say, like, I think it's obviously a, a close debate, and that's why I think it's it's difficult to, like, fully, uh, like, wrap our head around, like, wrap our heads around. Um, so, you know, I think MJ is probably the most skilled player ever. But as you say, I think LeBron's by far the better athlete. Um, that Celtic performance is obviously an all-time performance. Um, and even though they didn't win that series, um, you still got to hand it to him. Yeah. Uh, just what I've seen from LeBron in recent years, I know MJ's hit big shots against the Jazz. Um, but, like, LeBron – against the Pacers in the, in the playoffs, against the Magic yeah. in the playoffs, against the Raptors in the playoffs. Um, the LeBron, block. Just, the LeBron block. just kicks it into another gear in the playoffs. It's insane. Yeah. When you hear playoff LeBron, all you got, all you can think about is the gif of him just, you know, hunched over with the headband, with the sweatband on, just the killer instinct in his eyes. I just, and I just think when you look at who they were playing against, I think when you look at, you know, LeBron play, the, the NBA, and this is why I hate talking about greatest of all time debates, because the skill level changes so dr- dr- like drastically throughout the years. The people that LeBron or the people that MJ was playing against look like they would be like McDonald's drive-through workers nowadays, compared to who LeBron's playing with nowadays. Like against. Oh, I am gonna disagree with that point heavily. MJ took down the bad boys, Isaiah Rodman. Uh, Bill Lambeer, he took down the Jazz, arguably, I'd say top three, top five duo, Carl Malone, John Stockton, leader in all-time assists. I mean, those are two pretty good teams that a lot would argue. They are great teams, but I'm just talking about the physicality level compared to then, or comparing then to now. Oh, okay. You put LeBron in pads and you put any one of those guys that Jordan went against, and you, had to, and you tell him to meet in the hole, LeBron's running straight through them. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't know about the mailman, but I think the majority of people, like, we're talking about the Cavs series, like Craig Elo and, like, those guys, like, I would give Craig Elo 50. So, actually, and I would not do that. <laughs> I think you might be able to. Hey, all I have to say is, all I have to say is, the only better comeback than LeBron's 3-1 series comeback against the Warriors is his hairline comeback. God, I think when it's all said and done, I think I, I think it is what Jordan was able to do is an astonishing defeat, and all credit to him. He is an amazing basketball player, and I, but I think when it's all said and done, LeBron will go down as the greatest of all time, or they're just gonna start calling them both goats. You know what? They're gonna people will eventually be over the debate and be like, hey, you know what? We're calling them both goats. But I think I, I just think finals champion finals are kind of a terrible thing to look at just look at the numbers and what they've been able to do throughout their whole careers he's just one of the best athletes of all time if not the best athlete of all time and I just I I don't Jordan was phenomenal too you know he went and played baseball or at least tried to but when you look at it I just I can't see I I have to give it to LeBron 10 out of 10 times yeah I mean like I think the closing remarks I'm gonna say before yeah um would probably be like the fact that you know, I don't think there was anything more that MJ could have done in his career except not retire and, like, prove himself even more. Like, I mean, it's it's a tough argument, especially saying the people he came up against were not as good because, like, 
it's not like he can find better competition. Like he was by far um, the best person there. So, um, you know, it's obviously tough and comparing two guys from two different eras is tough. So, you know, I think every, I think we all, all have a point. And that's why I think this top 10 or top 100 list is so hard because you're getting guys from so many different eras. Like people today would say that Bill Russell would be like not even a top 10 center. So I don't, I don't know. It's always something that is super hard to debate, and it's always a great topic, but I think we've talked about it enough. Frank, you got anything, any last things to say? I have one it? last thing to say. Um, like, there's MJ, there's LeBron, but then there's Flight in June. I mean, June is one month away. He's going to be doing that shit by June. That's all I have to say. The like, countdown the, to June is on. And then, that's all I have to say. The, there will be a new... In five years, there will be a new GOAT discussion, and Flight Reacts will be in there. I'm excited to have that discussion. They've not, not said it. Not, I'm surprised they didn't even put him in this top 100 list because I would throw him at least in the top 30, even though he's not played a single NBA game. I'm going to have to disagree. Uh, Flight is a system NBA Whoa. player. He, he played in the NBA, just didn't have the cameras on. Yeah, the cameras weren't on. Cameras yeah, but he was, a, he, was a system, he was a system point guard. That's all I'm saying. Moving on to a quick little tidbit. Uh, what is your – Mike Tyson has been in, in the ring, working his ass off, getting back in shape. And look at what he's done. He can 100% still knock my ass out and any of our asses out. You know, he's one of the greatest of all times when it comes to the sport. And, uh, you know, playing here on Pac like fifth. But uh, do you think we will see him fighting again anytime soon? Or do you think this is just kind of a, you know what, I'm getting a little old. I'm bored in quarantine. I need to stay in shape. Publicity, yeah, publicity. What do you think? I'll let you comment first. Um, thanks. I think it's hard to say, you know, I'm not like a big boxing expert, but I try to watch as much as I can. And, um, he, I mean, he's like my parents age. He's 53. Like, I mean, I know, I mean, I see, you see him, he's in freakishly good shape, but I mean, going 12 rounds, that's like, that takes a whole nother level. Yeah. Yeah. He'd knock anyone out. I mean, you could see in his training videos, but I mean, is he going to be able to go 12 rounds against someone? I mean, not against those top guys. I think he's he's either got to fight someone coming out of retirement that was like that he used to fight, like a, an Evander Holyfield maybe, or he's got to go for someone someone young, someone naive, someone not experienced because I don't – like there's no way he's going to last against some of these top boxers, and I think it would be foolish for him to try to do that, and I think it would tarnish his legacy. Uh, I, mean, I actually might disagree with that. I don't know if it's gonna do anything to his legacy because everybody kind of understands he's an old, like an older guy now. Yeah, that makes sense. I am not gonna be one to talk down on Mike Tyson because I, I'm scared of what he would do to me if I fought him. <laughs> um, but you know, I think that he would not be training as much as he does if he's not planning on fighting in some capacity. Um, I'd love to see him fight some guy. I mean, he's obviously not gonna be as quick, but I think the power might still there. Be there if it's like if it's a shorter boxing match, only a couple rounds. Um, I you know I think that would be really fun to watch and like you know it actually might be a publicity stunt because I don't know if Mike Tyson wants to put himself through all this stuff again. And as Frankie said, if he thinks it might have an effect on his legacy, um, but you know I think it's pretty cool. It's something to talk about. Um, I, he's giving the people what they want effectively. I mean, if he, Mike Tyson is a guy that we never got to see fight. Um, so if we could actually see him fight, um, I, you know, I think that'd be really cool. I, I agree with you, Frankie, that he would not last against some of these younger guys, but, um, yeah, I mean, 
it'd be cool to see. Agreed. It would certainly be interesting. And bringing that right into the next topic, the most interesting thing I'm looking forward to in this 2020 NFL season is not how Tom Brady does in Tampa, not how Belichick does without Brady, not these ugly new uniforms from the Rams. I'm not looking forward to that. I am looking forward to Roger Goodell and Dave Portnoy sitting in the same room watching a Monday night football game. For those of you who don't know, Goodell and Portnoy go way back, have terrible beef, and uh, Goodell offered his all-in challenge for COVID-19 relief being uh, a chance to watch a Monday night football game in his man cave. And Barstool president Dave Portnoy dropped $250,000 to win the auction for that, and he will now be watching a game with Goodell. And uh, you guys cannot see this, but Frankie has his Goodell clown t-shirt on right now. And, you know, Portnoy's just ragged on Goodell for years. Goodell's got him arrested. He's banned from Super Bowl. He's all these things. And I just, that will be the best thing to happen on the internet if it does happen. So definitely hoping for a 2020 season with that. It would just be too comical. I cannot imagine the cameras in there, everything. It would be too good. Portnoy does not believe that the NFL will allow it to happen from how hard he has bashed Goodell over and over with his clown stuff and all this. But they've had beef for a while. If it does happen, I'm very much looking forward to it because it would be entertaining as hell to watch. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, what they can do, they can just, like, crack open some brews and you know, talk about their beef. I, I think that's – it's going to be very awkward if it does happen. I want it to happen. I feel like it'd be cool. Um, uh, but, you know, those guys have bad beef. Um, you know, stuff I wrote down is, you know, objectively, as a very objective NFL fan, like I really enjoy watching the NFL, but most of the teams I'll uh, end up supporting have to do with like people on my fantasy team because, you know, growing up in LA, we didn't really have like a, a team and I didn't follow football for a long time. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think Goodell handled Deflategate as well as he should. Um and there's stuff that, like, I mean, Tom Brady at the time, he was the poster boy of the NFL, and I understand all that stuff. Just as Michael Jordan, like, coming out or going to retirement because of, like, possible gambling things. I, I understand the business behind the NFL, um, but, you know, I, I think it's hard to, to disagree with the fact that Goodell might have not handled the flake as well as he should have. Um, and, you know, it's come back to bite him. I don't think – you know, I think Portnoy might have been a little bit excessive in what he did, obviously with the clown t-shirts and the towels and all that stuff. But Goodell hats. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I think he might have been a little bit overstepping his, his role as, like, uh, the bar, like bar school, like head of bar school. So, I mean, he's obviously entitled to his opinions, and he's obviously allowed to take that to whatever degree he wants to, as long as it's like within the boundaries of the law. So, but those guys definitely don't like each other. Um, they're very outspoken about the fact they don't like each other. So, um, you know, as you, I, Jake, I feel like you might have said this, but I think that I would rather be watching them to have a conversation than uh, like a game between like the two of the worst teams. So. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I mean, if you guys have any, any comments on it, Frankie. All right. Yeah, I'm not a big Goodell fan. Um, I, I'm, I bought the Goodell clown merch. Um, I don't think he handled things well. But, I mean, as a viewer standpoint, it's going to be entertaining. 
Yeah, definitely. It'll be if if we're able to watch those conversations, it'll be funny. Yeah. Yeah. I know Barcelona will do a great job at covering the night and everything that would come with it. So it'd be entertaining. Sticking with the NFL, we're going to introduce our first segment of today called the best of the best. It's where we go over things that we think are, you know, the best in sports or kind of whatever we want to talk about. Might be movies, might be TV shows, but today we're really sticking with the NFL. And so I asked you guys, what is the best duo in the NFL? It could be wide receiver quarterback combo. It could be two linemen combo, whatever you want. What do you guys believe the best duo in the NFL is? Frankie, let's hand this one to you. Let's hear your best duo in the NFL. All right. I'm going to start us off with, I have an offensive and a defensive um, best duo. And my offensive one's not big of a surprise. I had Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. Um, Brees had 3,000 yards, 27 touchdowns last year. Michael Thomas had uh, 1,725 yards receiving and nine touchdowns. Brees only four picks. I mean, I think um, there's definitely a very solid argument for like a Mahomes, Tyreek. Something like that. I know Tyreek was injured last year, but I'm going to stick with Breeze, uh, Drew Breeze and Michael Thomas. On the defensive side, you could say this is a hot take. I don't think it's a hot take. I think next year this defense is going to be back to their their old ways. Defensive dominant duo, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb. All right, hear me out. Hear me out. 2019 was rough for them. They were both injured, especially Bradley Chubb. Their stats weren't that uh, weren't that great. But in 2018, Von Miller had uh, 14 and a half sacks and four forced fumbles. In 2018, Bradley Chubb had 12 sacks, two forced fumbles, and one fumble recovery. I mean, those stats are off the chart. And I think they're going to get some offensive help next year with Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton, and Drew Locke. So I think that's going to be a... a a duo to watch, and I think they're going to be very dominant in the years to come. So look out for the Broncos, you're saying? I ah, That's the one I'm saying. I'm not a Broncos guy. Never have been. Never will be, but I, I have faith in them. I think they're going to be good this year. I'm not a Broncos fan either, but hey, Drew Locke, Horsecock. I'm a fan of Drew Locke, so uh, be, I, I would not mind seeing them have plenty of success. Uh, Carter, who would you put as your duos? Um, You know, Sticking on offense, I feel like it's hard to, to disagree with Frankie, and I'm not going to. Um, you know, Michael Thomas and Drew Brees, it's obviously the popular choice, but, you know, I was thinking about, you know, maybe I'll come out with a hot take, but, um, and I, you know, I, I seriously consider Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. Like, I, I think they're super, what they have, it's just those two guys there, basically. Um, and I, they're, they're one of the best duos, but whenever the guy breaks a record, most receptions in a season. I, how can you not call that the best connect in the NFL? Agreed. Um, so that's why I got an offense. My defensive uh, pick um, is a little different. I don't know if you guys are gonna agree with this. I, I think Jake might like this a little bit um, because my defensive pick is actually from the Cowboys. It's um, Demarcus Lawrence and Leighton Vander Esch. I think those are two of the best players in the league, and I don't like people sleep on that. I think. That you know, uh, what uh, Joey Bosa and Derwin James were like, yeah, second. those guys were second, but uh, Derwin James didn't like play like last year, really. So, oh, yeah, uh, you know, those two guys, uh, just like in the last two years, um, for Demarcus Lawrence, 15 and a half sacks, um, 37 assists, um, and a combined 109 tackles, 
And then Leighton Vander Esch um, was, let me say, 212 uh, tackles, 67 assists, uh, only half a sack, but uh, two interceptions. So He also um, missed a lot of time last year. But, yes, being a Cowboys fan, that really pumps me up to know that our defense is on the right track. Let's just get a little help with our DBs. And, hey, Super Bowl, here we are. I think that he's a great player. I mean, you guys lost Byron Jones, but – I think those guys are both two great players. Um, I think that just how I saw him develop, even though he missed some time, um, there's no like linebacker DN duo that I thought was like a lot better. And I was I, the reason I did not put um, like uh, a 49ers uh, duo like Sherman and Bosa or something is just because I don't feel like um, the corners and in, in the ends are like connected. They don't play off each other. Too much. Yeah, they don't play off each other. And I feel like the linebackers and the DNs do, and that's why I chose because these two guys. So I will jump to my duo now, and this is going to be – you know what? I, you, you, guys, you guys will be fired up about this one. End it. My offensive best duo, because when I think of duo let, – let's look at the definition of duo. The definition of duo is a pair of people or things or a duet. Yeah, like dropping in Fortnite duos. Too. Yes, like dropping in Fortnite duos. When you look at the success of Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott, separate versus together, it is a whole new ballpark. They need each other to, dry, to thrive. They are the best duo in the NFL because of how well they play together and how much they rely on each other to play well, which is kind of a sad thing because, you know, there's been injuries and they haven't been able to play fully healthy together a complete full season. But – I just think when you look at the numbers that Prescott's able to put up, he let he did. I don't know if he finished with leading the league in passing yards last year, but I know he was up there. Uh, Elliott's a dominant running back. We all know that. I honestly, I I have my top two running backs in the NFL, maybe number one. I don't know if he'd be number two, but I'd have to put a little more thought into it. But I think they are a great duo. They they are the root of the Cowboys' success. And yes, they have a great receiving core. They have a great line. But I just think when you look at a duo of two people. I, I know Mike Thomas and Drew Brees are great, but hey, that's been a thing forever. Drew Brees has always been good. And Mike Thomas is Mike Thomas might go down as one of the best wide receivers of all time. Might yeah. be a little bit of a hot take, but damn, what he's, been able to do, what, what, what he's been able to do in his short career so far is nothing short of amazing. So I'm yeah. excited to see what they'll do. But I think when I, I'm going to, it's a little biased. Yeah, I'm a Cowboys fan, but I love what as a duo Prescott and Elliott are able to do. So, okay, so yeah. We can come back to that, but what's your defensive? What's your defensive pick? My defensive pick is going to completely shock you guys because, like I said, when I think duo, I kind of think of something a little bit together. Mine is Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr, the linebacker duo from the Minnesota Vikings. Anthony Barr had a slight bit of a down year, but Kendricks had a phenomenal year, his best year of his career so far, and I think them playing at their at their best is a very good duo for Minnesota. Great run stopping. Barr is a great pass rusher from the linebacker position. Not, you know, he plays a little bit of a hybrid DN linebacker position. I think those are two great linebackers. Kendricks, like I said, have coming off his best year. I'm just going to go ahead and give them that my defensive duo. I just, I forgot to write one down, so I just kind of had to come up with it on the spot. Yeah. Didn't get to look at too many numbers. But Kendricks had his, one of his, you know, his best career year. And Anthony Barr has proven early in his career what he is capable of doing. So uh, I think I think they will be a very good one too for Minnesota for many years to come. We will see, but that is my the UCLA boys. Yeah, UCLA I was just say a UCLA fan and a Cowboys fan. So I mean, slight bias. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hide. All it. I have to say, all I have to say, 
Are you sure it's going to be Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott for the duo next year? Or do you think it's going to be Andy Dalton and Ezekiel Elliott? Prescott. Give me Prescott. Yeah, I think I think Dak is a good, I think Dak's a great player actually. Um and I don't know if he's worth 40 million, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm not I sure. don't I don't think he is worth 40 million. Um they got a I don't good, think any quarterback have, besides Mahomes yeah. is worth 40 million. Yeah, I would agree. I think that maybe the market. Oh, Jay. Yeah, I mean like you know, they got a great O-line. They got a great O-line. Um it's hard for me to hop on board with it just because like all the, the I understand like playing off each other well, like you rely on each other to play well. Um, but you could just say you could say that just as much as like uh, Dak Prescott relies on the defense to play well too. So um, you know I, I think I think both those guys are probably the two two of the best players on the team. Um, I would probably just because of like the relations relations stuff, I would not hop on board with it. But I mean. Both those guys, if if one of them has a monster game, your team's in it. And if both of them have your monster game, then your team's winning. So Yeah. Yeah, when you look at it from a fantasy perspective too, those two have put up good numbers consistently for the past couple of years. Yeah. Uh, Frankie, any comments on that? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, like I said, no disrespect to Mike Thomas and uh and Drew Brees. Brees is great, Thomas is great. Like I said, he'll probably end up being one of the best I think one of the best shooters of all time. But I just got to give it to my boys, Dak and Zeke. You know, very biased opinion there. But it is what it is. It is what it is. Now we'll be moving into our next segment that I like to call Five Minutes of Fire. Let me get the timer ready. This is a segment where we are going to – we one of us will bring a question where it is a very debatable topic and hopefully keep the debate under five minutes because I've been in these where it goes for a long time. Today's question is, is baseball the toughest sport to play skill-wise? Not when you, not, you're not talking physicality or nothing like that, just based off of skill-wise. I will state my opinion first. I believe it is easily the hardest sport to play just based off the fact that you take freak athletes from these other sports such as Giannis. Uh, uh, God, who threw the horrible first pitch not long ago? I don't, maybe I think Lonzo didn't have a great first pitch. but. Are they yeah, you, you look at some of these guys and you watch them try to swing a baseball bat, they just cannot do it. You cannot take a guy from any other sport and throw him into a baseball game and expect him to hit 95. There's no way you're doing it. I'm sorry. I don't care what you do. Mahomes, maybe, you know, those guys that played growing up, uh, Murray, they can. But I Sam think, Darnold. I'm not I think, Sam Darnold. Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I think when you look at majority of the NFL or NBA – or soccer, whatever sport you want to do, you throw them into a baseball game, they're not going to be able to compete against baseball players. But I think you throw guys like Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, uh, Cody Bellinger, you throw them into these other sports, I think they would be able to hang. I just think they, they look a lot more natural doing things like that. I'll tell you right now, you give the ball, you put Mike Trout at middle linebacker for his hometown Philadelphia Eagles, he's going he's gonna to fill some gaps. He's going to stop some guys. And that's just my opinion on it. I just think you could throw baseball guys into other sports, and that's for, coming from personal experience too. I found it. I find it easier to pick up other things, having the hand-eye coordination from baseball and stuff like that because it's just so difficult. Because you know, it's hitting a baseball should not even be scientifically possible with how little reaction time you have, stuff like that. So I will not pass the floor to one of you two to see what you guys think about this. Um, you know, there's only so many sports out there that I think like um, are like truly difficult sports. Um, and, you know, I think baseball is one of them. I think baseball is one of the difficult sports. Um, whenever we come down to talking about like 
skill wise, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say, and I'm gonna say say it's golf. I know it's a boring ass answer, but um, I think that you know golf, you know, baseball guys can play golf. They can play golf, but can they shoot even on a golf course? No, they can't. Not even the best baseball players. And but can a golfer go to play baseball? Probably not. But I think out of any sport, like from, like from playing basketball. I think that like my hand eyes okay like swinging a bat it, it, it's obviously very different um and that's why it's so tough because like do I do I think anybody from another sport can hit a 95 mile per hour fastball no no way um but do I think anybody from another sport could also like like even like be close to last place in like a masters no nah, no I don't so I, I I agree with you there golf is my second hardest sport to play in my opinion it is just it's the and not even the physical part of literally swinging a club and making good contact with the ball and watching it fly but the mental part of golf is just so difficult you know you could be shooting 300 next thing you know you're eight over and you're like what the hell just happened in my round what did i do so i think golf is also one of the sports play difficult sports but i just think when you look at baseball i think you could throw those athletes into other sports and they will do all right compared to throwing athletes from those other sports into baseball and then being able to compete You've seen one of the most athletic people in the NBA, um, Giannis, try to swing a baseball bat, and he was holding it with his hands four feet apart, chopping down at the ball like it was a tree log. So it's just I, – I just don't see him – baseball is just – baseball is in its own level, I think. And I think golf is also too. But, you know, when you look at things like football, you could put a big idiot in there and have him run over a guy. It's not to – they'll figure it out. They'll learn how to do it. Are we going – are we going only – Sports with balls, only team sports, or what are the rules for this? Um, professional. Because I don't know what you sports with sports with professional leagues. With professional leagues, okay. Um, then I'd go. I'm gonna agree with Jake on this one. Um, I think, I think baseball is hard, but I think, I think baseball is the hardest. I agree, but I'm gonna go. I feel like this is kind of a hot take, and you guys just hear me out for a second. I'm going to go soccer as my second hardest. Um, not like, okay, yeah, skill-wise, okay, yeah, you can kick a soccer ball, but can you run eight miles, like, up and down the field for 90 minutes with, like, one break the whole game? I mean, I mean, can you – I mean, you look at some of these guys, they're just super fast, they're super athletic, um, they have great stamina, and then also they can curl the ball into the top of the corner in the 90th minute. They can go up and then they can go up and head a corner in. I mean, but I'm, I'm I will go baseball. I will go baseball as my um, number one. I mean, you really gonna put? Um, let's think of someone. You're really gonna put Tom Brady at the plate and ask him to hit like a 85 curve off Max Scherzer? Like no way. Uh, Brady, Brady did play. Brady got drafted, but you know, not example. Yeah, no, not even, not even a terrible example. I think it's a good example because you can't throw Brady. Brady's not going to touch an eighty. Brady's not going to touch Max Scherzer right now. You put Brady in the box. Yeah. You let him take a round of BP, and you put him in the box against Scherzer. He's not touching. He's not. I, I refuse to believe that he's touching Scherzer. And he played growing up. Yeah. A lot of those quarterbacks did. Yeah, I, play, that's, yeah. Mahomes. Kyler. Rick, you also bring a great point with soccer. I'm going to throw another um, suggestion. Great, uh, What's a Jake, how much time we have left? Uh, we got about two minutes. Okay. 
So I'm going to comment on soccer. I'm going to throw out one more suggestion. Um, so, you know, with soccer, I, I don't see any person from any other sport being able to get it past a guy like, like Ter Stegen or Oblak or De Gea from like 18 yeah. yards. I don't see anybody being close to be able to do that from another sport. Yeah. Um, you know, I think guys could pass. They the could ball. probably get it past Carrius. Yeah, <laughs> they, they could get it past Carrius. But um, I think that, um, like, knocking the ball around wise, I think people could do that. But, like, being able to score goals, I I, I would agree with you on that, Frankie. I think soccer is a difficult sport. Like, like relative to something like basketball, like, I think a bunch of athletes could, like, shoot hoops. And we even see it like, the celebrity all-star game. Like, guys are yeah. – but like you know what? Hold on. Back before you before you get too far away from the soccer point, I just think that yes, I agree one hundred percent. The whole finishing part of soccer and scoring is extremely difficult, and the stamina part of being able to run for ninety minutes, ninety-five plus minutes, however long you know, stop time and everything. I just think you could put some guys, you could put some DBs, you can put some, you could probably put some outfielders, you could probably put you know some of these faster point guards, you could put them in the back. And they're going to be able to, you know, they'll probably get broke a couple of times, but I think they'll be able to run down some balls if you have them on the back line. And uh, so that's why I think that some guys could pick up soccer a little bit easier than they'd be able to pick up baseball. Yeah, but I think soccer is difficult as well. Yeah, I think the thing that I would just say, like, responding to that is just like, you know, I I play soccer. I know Frankie did too. So I think it's it's kind of biased a little bit saying it, but it's just like it's the only sport where you truly like use your feet in like a skilled way. Like you're actually like doing stuff with your feet. Oh, he's oh we coming. lost Frankie. He's probably yeah. I think he's just gonna come back. Just wait till he comes yeah, back. Yeah, we'll, we'll pause. Oh, I pause the clock. Um, um. So you know, I think I mean like you just look at like a sport like soccer, and it's like I don't see. People, like, I do see, like, DBs being, like, fast. I see them being, like, just as, like, agile as a lot of the people in, like, professional soccer. Um, but I think, like, the skill aspect of, like, being skilled with your feet is something you don't get from many other sports. And, like, baseball, like, the hand-eye you get is also not something. But, I yeah, I, I think that's why I just throw it up there. As I will mention, like, um, it all depends. Like, if you've never played soccer, then, like, it, it's hard to, like, be good with your feet. So... I mean, yeah. I think when you look at these sports like uh, basketball and um, football, I think a lot of these guys have that foot coordination. Not as much, I'd say, to kick a ball, but, you know, they're pretty good with their feet still. They got pretty quick feet. You know, they have to stop on dimes. They have to turn and do all this stuff. So I, I just I, – I don't know. It's an interesting debate with soccer. Soccer is definitely one of the tougher sports. And, you know, Everyone's going to have a different opinion on what the hardest sports play is, but I'd say the hardest sports pickup is 100% baseball. It's just a pain to have to try to hit 95 and do all these impossible things that should be basically impossible. But, you know, every sport's tough to play. Every sport's definitely tough to play. Can I say my honorable mention? Oh, yeah, I go think, for it. I think my honorable mention, like, it, it honestly could be number one for me is hockey. Like, hmm. what guy is going on the ice to play hockey for 60 minutes? I I don't see any, literally any other sport being able to go do that. That is a not very, anybody. From, that's a very interesting. And it's, it's, uh, it's, take. it's like field hockey. It's like field hockey. It's different, but like hockey, you're I, getting I, the I shit beat out of you. Yeah, and it's not like I think hockey, like skill wise, like is the most is the most difficult. I just think that if you've never played hockey before, um, it's so different than any other sport that it's like. Like, you're not going to be great at it. Yeah. Like, you have to learn all the shifts and rotations, too. Exactly. You have to be able to be checked and 
thrown on the ice and get like, big pucked to your teeth. I mean, I mean, people just count a lot because it's not like um like we don't play it like at our high school. Um, and not we a do. lot of people do play it. So um, definitely a slept on sport. And our five minutes are now up. So if you have any closing remarks, but I'm gonna go ahead and stick with my gut, saying baseball is the hardest sport to play, and you can throw baseball players into other sports and they'll be able to compete. Frankie, which what's your final answer? One word, one sport. Baseball. You know, Carter, are you sticking I'll, with golf? You know what? I'll say hockey because I just brought it up. I'll say hockey. Hockey, yeah. all right. I like that answer. Um, but uh, what's our – oh, Jake, you can take us into our next Yeah, thing. so going into our next thing is my personal favorite because I see so many of these a week, and it is called our terrible tweet segment where each of us bring a tweet that we think was just absurd and we discuss it. Uh, it's an interesting take. Uh, Frankie. I'll go ahead and hand this one to you to lead us off. I, I, got a, I got a good one, and it relates to recent news. Does anyone know who Greg Bell is? Because you shouldn't. He's a writer for the Seattle paper, um, Seattle newspaper. He tweeted out, new cornerback, Quinton Dunbar, calls Seahawks a perfect fit for him. That's my terrible tweet. Well, he did – Dunbar did make the news in other fashion. Um, yeah, let's just say – I don't think – Did not age well. It's one of those ones that did not age well. Seattle State Penitentiary – or the Washington State Penitentiary might be a better fit. For I don't know. I don't know if that's too soon. I don't know if that's too soon. I don't know what his personal situation is, but I just thought that was kind of funny, um, yeah. especially with him being in the news and everything. Um, yeah. I mean, I would say based on um, – Based on recent news, I'm not going to talk bad about uh, Quentin Dunbar because I like uh, being safe. So um, I'm just going to say, yeah, it's a it's like a being alive. Life. Yeah, I, I love actually. Yeah, I do love being alive. That's that's very true. So, um, but Jake, I would love to hear your terrible tweet. Uh, my ter- so the account that my tweet comes from, and you will not be surprised once you hear what the tweet is, is at two a season, and it is without any injuries. Tua goes down as the greatest college player in football history and wins the Heisman and there is no way in hell that is the case Burrow had one of the most phenomenal years Tua I believe got robbed of the Heisman last year when Murray won or two years ago when Murray won it over him I think Tua had a phenomenal year that year and deserved the Heisman then but oh my god to say that he would have been the greatest college football player of all time you're thinking people like Reggie Bush Herschel Walker you are Tua is not even in the top 10 or 15 Greatest college football players of all time. I would even say 25. He had a great career at Bama. He also had one of the best college wide receiving cores of all time, catching footballs for him. Yes. That combination of Judy, Ruggs, and – oh, God, I'm blanking. Henry? Was it Henry? No, Henry. was Uh, uh, Ruggs. Oh, Oh, Judy. Waddle. Waddle. And Waddle. Oh, yeah. That is a crazy three receivers. They were playing rock, paper, scissors for who gets to run deep routes because they knew they were that good and, they were gonna, and two is going to put the ball to them. But to say he's a top quarterback or even top player of all time in college football history uh, is insane to me. And I, I think you guys would all agree with me. That is a terrible tweet. Agree. Yeah. Carter, that's uh, I mean, like, a terrible tweet. My terrible tweet was um, something that uh, my guy, my favorite guy, Stephen A., uh oh. Uh oh. And he said that Tom Brady is going to be second in MVP votes behind only Patrick Mahomes. And I, you know, I, 
I think it's a, it's an extremely hot take, but like, come on, Tom Brady. Come on, man. I had a stat pulled up that Tom Brady's QBR was twenty like twenty third in the league last year. Um, they're saying he's not having the weapons, but okay, give this guy Godwin Evans um in again and in a bad O line. Okay. And uh, OJ, like, but a bad O line. Do I see him being as good as not under Belichick? I don't even see him being like um, vintage Tom Brady. And do I think vintage Tom Brady, um, or like not even vintage, but like a couple years ago, what Tom Brady? Do you think? Do I think he's better than Patrick Mahomes? I think Patrick Mahomes is better right now than Tom Brady was like a couple years ago. Why are so, we sleeping on last year's MVP? Where's Lamar Jackson and all this stuff? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, uh, Lamar had an amazing season. We'll see if he's able to keep it up. But I just cannot see Brady even cracking the top ten for MVP votes this year. Uh, you guys, I mean, you got guys like McCaffrey, um, exactly. Jackson, Mahomes, guys like that. You're not going to see him cracking that top ten. I mean, shit, it'd be awesome to see him have a phenomenal year for Tampa, bring some hope back to them. But I just do not see him being in the MVP talk. Yeah, I mean, I see, I see somebody like Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow as a quarterback could be better than than Tom Brady next year. I know the weapons stuff are different and like the what's what's around them, but um, for a second there, I thought you were gonna say Burrow might be an MVP candidate. I was like, oh shit, that's a hot take. That is a hot take. But I think we could all agree, and I, I uh, Frankie, I know you're a huge Tom Brady fan, but I think we all know that he's not gonna be above. Both Lamar Jackson, either Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah. Um, there plenty, of other, plenty of other quarterbacks that I think. Are. 100% agree. Yeah, so that definitely falls into the category of a terrible tweet. And to move us into our last category, our, we pride ourselves on being the hottest takes in sports. So let's wrap this up with our hottest takes of the pod. So I'm going to go ahead and give my hottest take first. And I don't know if this is much of a hot take. But I'm going to go with Mike Trout will go down as the greatest baseball player of all time. Better than Barry Bonds, better than Babe Ruth, better than all these guys, all those old guys. Mike Trout, I don't care if, you, if he doesn't win a single playoff game with the Angels. He is, going to go down as, he is going to go down as the greatest baseball player of all time. His ability to do what he does on the baseball field day in and day out is just next level elite it's like what you see Mahomes doing on the football field he's just there's a gap there's a gap there's trout and then there's a gap when it comes to major league players so you know it's not the hottest of hot takes but I think in the baseball world this might come down as this might come down as something I'm gonna go ahead and say trout will go down as the greatest baseball player of all time and by the time his career is over it won't even be close that's a, yeah, that's a great hot take because I mean I don't follow baseball too much but um, you know Mike Trout though. <laughs> everybody, everybody knows Mike Trout, and um, yeah, we got to, we never got to see a lot of these old guys um, or older guys. So you know, I think it's definitely a shout. I think uh, Mike Trout's a, a great player, and you know, I think they might want him to get a ring. They might for him to be considered the greatest of all time, obviously, because that's the first thing so many people turn to in other sports. So, but yeah, I mean, I definitely don't disagree with that, yeah. Frankie. Any uh, any comments or what is your hot take? I mean. Uh, no, Jake said that wasn't that hot of a take. I'd say that's a very hot take. Um, I mean, I think a lot of people, there's just so many guys. Um, I just, I mean, I know I'm a big stinker about the whole ring thing. Like, I do also think he needs to win a ring. But, I mean, the management, the front office, like, they're not surrounding him with anything that he could win a ring. I think they're going to be better, a lot better this upcoming year than they have been in the past. 
Yeah, they did um, have nice pickups. Shohei will hopefully have a fully healthy year. Yeah. They don't, but they just don't have a pitching yet. But I, yeah. I, I want to see Trout get a ring. Those are, those are one of those people who's yeah. great for the game that you want to see win, you know? Yeah. And I think I, ha- I have a hot take. This one is not too hot. I have actually kind of have two. I have um, – I don't think – my hot takes are I don't think the Packers are going to make the playoffs, and I do think the Cardinals are going to make the playoffs. And ah. I'll give you a little reasoning. See, I know the Cardinals, they're in a tough division. The Niners and the Seahawks, I think most would say are like playoff favorites. Um, but, I mean, the Cardinals, Tyler Murray played well last year. Um, now he, you add DeAndre Hopkins, somewhat argue best receiver in the NFL. If not, he's – I think everyone would agree he's a top three receiver in the NFL. Um, he has a DeAndre Hopkins that moves Larry to the slot, and Larry's going to be – uh, have worse coverage. He still got Kenyon Drake, who put up crazy numbers in the limited time he had in Arizona. Yeah, he did. You got Chandler Jones. And then when it comes to the Packers, the disrespect they put on discount double-check Aaron Rodgers when they drafted Jordan Love. I mean, oh, I'm not a GM. I'm not a big front office guy. I know they're probably just planning for the future. They took Aaron Rodgers when Brett Favre was there, but how long is Aaron Rodgers going to be around? Is he happy with the situation? He's got the he's got Devonte Adams, great receiver. He's got Aaron Jones, um, but I mean uh, that's a tough decision. I, I have the Vikings ahead of them, and uh, that Bears D is just going to keep on improving. I think Roquan candidate for defense MVP next year, along with Leo Mack. So. Those are my hot takes. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I could see the Packers. The Packers kind of struggled towards the end of last season. They, I, I remember being in Lambeau Field actually watching them play the Redskins last year, and the Redskins had a chance to win the game with like two minutes left. And I was like, "Holy shit, what's happening in Lambeau? Like this, the Redskins suck last year." And I was like, "Wow, this would be insane if they pulled this off." But uh, Carter, I'll hand it to you to close off our hot take segment. Yeah. So, I mean, mine kind of goes along with the Frankie's Packer one. Funny enough. Um, and my hot take is that the Bears are actually going to be, like, big Super Bowl contenders as the season progresses. Big ah. Super Bowl contenders. Um, With who under the quarterback helm? Um, you know, quite honestly, I'm going to say it doesn't matter. But I think ah. it's going to be full. But I'm going to say it doesn't matter because, um, you know, I'm looking at two different teams in the last two years. I'm looking at the 49ers last year who had a great defense. I know like Jimmy G and like the offense is obviously better than the Bears offense probably. That running back core was just yeah. absurd. <laughs> it, it was amazing. Um, but I mean, I think the Bears, they got like Cole Komet. Like, I mean, they got, they got some guys. Um, but what I'm, the team I'm really looking at right now is the Jaguars in 2018 um, with that defense, Blake yes. Bortles at QB. Um, you know, one good receiver. Yeah, and, and they were four points away from a Super Bowl appearance um, against the against the, um, against the Patriots, and I think I think they actually would have won that Super Bowl because the Patriots gave up forty one points against the Eagles, and I do not think the Jaguars would have done that. I don't so, think so either. Um, you know, I think Frankie said best that that linebacker core um, that the Bears have is great. Um, I think Matt Nagy is a good coach, but I think that they have to approach things a little differently next year. Um, Alan Robinson's good. You need a little bit better from Mitch Trubisky. Um, and if if you're running with Foles, I think Foles is good too. But you know, they I think Jimmy Graham, hot, right? Yeah, they got yeah. So I, you know, I think 
it's a hot take, but at the same time, I, I think we've seen two teams in the last two years that have done something special with only a defense. Um, and looking at teams this year, I feel like the Bears, they've always been there as that team that could be there. And I think that this is the year yeah. that they're finally going to be able to do it. So Bears Super Bowl 2020. Do you think the Bears are going to sign Cam Newton or do you think they're going to stick with Mitch? I think they're going to stay. Well, I think they're going to run Foles probably because um, they got Foles now. Yeah, but, that's true. That's true. Um, you know, I would love to see him sign Cam Newton. I think that would be like a really cool offense if they did. Um, but uh, I think he's probably going to land somewhere else. I saw something today that I think Cam Newton, a hot take that they have is that Cam Newton is going to land somewhere after a starting QB gets hurt before the offseason. Hmm. So, Interesting. That's obviously possible, but you know, I think to close it off, that'd probably be—I mean, that's my hot take. Bears, Bears going all the way next year. Place my bets. Well, folks, that is all the time we have for today. Thank you guys for listening to the ZST podcast, uh, the Zestiest podcast in the sports world with the hottest takes. This has been your hosts, Jake Brusick, Frankie Reed, and Carter Hurrigan signing off. Thank you for you guys for listening. Uh, be sure to like, share with your friends if you enjoyed, and be on the lookout for future episodes. Signing off, this is us. Yeah, follow us on our socials. Those will be in the link. Thank you guys for listening, and have an awesome rest of your guys' day. Peace. Adios.